This podcast is a 3D audio production, so watch out as sounds may seem to come from beside you or behind you. For the best listening experience, please use headphones. Hey, Clone Club. It's me, your BFF, Marco Palmieri, producer of Realms Orphan Black, The Next Chapter. We're a little over halfway through Season 2, and I hope you've been enjoying the continuation of the Cestris Saga as much as I have. Thank you all so much for supporting our podcast. We'll be back with the next episode on February 11th, but in the meantime, we wanted to share with you this special bonus episode. We're always excited to hear from you, so if you haven't already, please connect with us on Twitter at Realm Media or reach out through our website, realm.fm. And if you want a bonus bonus, stick around after this episode for a sneak peek at another show we think you'll like. But for now, tune in to this replay of a recent Instagram Live with Donnie himself, Christian Brune. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello. How's it going? Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy New Year to you. Thanks so much for doing this. Everyone's yeah. really excited, as you can probably see in the comments. Um, I was just letting everybody know because I'm I'm kind of shocked that so many people still don't even know the next chapter is a thing. Yeah. So I was just like, thing? yeah, every day somebody somebody's just like, wait, what's this thing? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I was just rem- reminding everyone that it exists. And if they want to listen to it, it they, anywhere they get podcasts, they can find it. Um, and also on realm.fm. So I was just, I wanted to know, like, when you heard about the next chapter and like what your thoughts were on the show continuing in this audio format. Are you talking about season one or season two? Um, season one. When did you hear about like the whole, the, the thing in general? I can't remember where I was when I heard it, heard about it, but I was super pumped to see that the story was going to continue in some way. And, uh, uh, Heli, who's one of the writers, Heli Kennedy is, is a good friend of mine. So I was excited that she was working on it. And, um, yeah, I, I was, I was excited and, and I was hoping that we would get to like 
jump in and, and do some voices. But then when I saw it was all Tad, I was like, oh man, I guess, I guess, I guess that's it for us. But um, when I found out about season two and, and how they wanted to use a couple of us and, and get our voices in there, I was thrilled. I was like, hell yeah, let's, let's do this. Did you, did you listen to Tatiana doing your voice? <laughs> I did not. I did not listen to her doing my voice. It was, I listened to a bit of the, of season one and it was just so, because Tat is a very good friend of mine and it was just so weird to listen to her all the time. I, I think it's a different experience for fans because, um, I mean, who else, you know, everybody wants more Tat in their life, but I see her all the time. <laughs> so it was like just really such a strange experience for me to hear her doing all the voices and doing everybody, but I didn't get a chance to listen to her do me. And also I wouldn't want that to affect my performance. You know, what if she does me better than I do? <laughs> and I have an existential crisis as an actor. I'll never be able to act again. I'll just be trying to do Tatiana doing me. I mean, that's an award-winning actor doing me. I, I can't do myself that well. So yeah, it would just, it would just blow my mind too much. It's true. Just like all your roles go to Tatiana playing you now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Which is great because maybe I'll win an award or something down the road, but uh, <laughs> only if she's playing me. <laughs> so when you found out you were going to come back and play Donnie again, what, what's like your favorite thing about Donnie that you're excited about? I mean, he's kind of a lovable goofball. I knew there was going to be some situations that were going to get him into hot water with Allison or in general. Uh, that's always the case. So I was just kind of looking forward to whatever hijinks they were going to throw at Donnie. And I love being a part of that. I mean, his life can very easily get so messy and everything was like perfectly in order in Donnie and Allison's life until they found out that Allison was a clone. And then from there on forward, it's just been anything goes. So at the end of the series, uh, the TV series, you know, things were kind of nicely, neatly wrapped up, but the real world isn't that easy, obviously. And uh, as we see in the podcast, um, you know, things get really complicated with hundreds of clones out there and, and all those opinions. And, and uh, uh, I just knew that there's going to be some crazy situations going on for Donnie and Allison. And I just really looked forward to reliving all that stuff because it's one of the most fun roles I've ever played because I've got to do just be a, a, the character. Donnie is just an average schmo. He's an everyday guy thrown into extraordinary circumstances. And I think it's really fun to watch regular people go through such insane happenstance. Yeah. How do you, how do you feel like Donnie and Allison's relationship has changed? Like from the very beginning through like this season of the podcast. From of this season only, well, from, or are you talking about like from, from the, the beginning of the show? Like when we first met. Wow. Oh, wow. So much. <laughs> I mean, they had like a very simple, normal, quote unquote, normal, boring life suburbs. And all of a sudden they realized that they were part of a community that was way more complex and interesting and greater than they had ever encountered before. So I think as a couple navigating through these huge life changes that they were encountering as individuals and as a family and as a couple. Um, I'm watching all the ups and downs that, that came in their relationship. I think that's all, but, and you'll see that as well in, in this second of the podcast, um, you know, their relationship gets tested uh, a few times and 
I think that's all very normal. Like I, I actually really enjoy watching a couple navigate through life like that. And they have grown so much as a couple and they've grown so much as individuals. They have met and gotten to know people that they would never, ever meet in their regular life. And it has made them better for it and also closer for it. Um, there's a really good scene in this current, like the episode that just came out today, um, where Donnie and Kira decide to um, start a fan club for Allison to make her feel better. Um, what was your kind of thought when you first heard about that scene or read it? Um, I thought it was really funny that Donnie was getting a following from, from the reality TV show, like a, a more than Allison, because you would never expect that to happen. But, but the fact that that was happening was, was, I think, just really enjoyable to read. Because usually with Donnie, he's always there to support Allison. So when he goes off on his own adventures or gets his own little sort of subplot, uh, it's always kind of fun to step away from that world a little bit for a break. But everything really revolves around Allison. I mean, she kind of runs the household. I think, I don't think that's a surprise to anyone out there. Um, so I really enjoyed that he did it out of a place of love. And he also did it out of a place of knowing that Allison was going to be jealous of the attention that he was getting. And, uh, and he knew that he should probably do something about that. Lest his home life get a little bit more complicated or grumpy. Yeah, a lot of people in the comments are saying hashtag dad bod Donnie, which is the, <laughs> the following that he has acquired. Yep. Yep. That, that, uh, I see that a lot on Twitter as well, which is pretty funny. Um, so you mentioned their reality show, which I think, like, when I was first reading the season was like my favorite, one of my favorite parts. Oh my I think God. It's so funny. I want to watch like, this show. I it would watch really. It. It would really happen, and I would watch it. <laughs> yeah. Um, would you ever have your own reality show? And what what would you want it to be about if you had one? <laughs> okay, first of all, no, I do not want my own reality TV show. Please, Lord, no. Uh, that sounds like a nightmare to me. I'll enjoy watching the odd one here and there. But, my God, I don't want to be a part of one. But if I were to have one, uh, what would it be? I'd love a cooking show, actually. Some sort of, I don't know, reality cooking show. Because uh, I like to cook in real life. And so, uh, I don't know. It would have to be one of those food-based reality TV shows with a Chris Brune twist to it. Whatever. <laughs> Try to have, like, celebrity guests on competing with each other. Or, like, against me. Something like that. So, yeah. a, com a competition, too. Not just, yeah. like... Competition reality TV show. Like, a cooking one. Uh, where it would be fun to take people who have like no experience cooking or maybe very little and just try and get people to like make very complicated stuff and see what happens. Oh my God. <laughs> Sounds like a recipe for disaster. <laughs> exactly. Um, someone in the comments asked about like transitioning Donnie from like acting physically into to audio only and, and like what that was like and if it was difficult. That's a good question. Um, so much of Donnie is just me. Like, I don't characterize him too much with any sort of a dialect or any sort of physical movement that's different than my own. He's, he's very closely linked to who I am as a person, uh, physically and vocally. So getting back into just the voice was an interesting experience because I didn't really have to worry about the physicality, which I didn't really 
do so much as an actor in the show. Um, but I was just hyper aware of the voice. And, and I got a little bit self-conscious when we started recording because I was like, is this what I sound like? Is this what I sounded like when we stopped the show like four years ago? Like, is this what I sound like? Was this what I sounded like? Maybe I should have gone back and rewatched the show and like, you know, figured that out. But uh, I think by having Donnie so closely linked to who I am, I tried not to stress too much about it and just focused on the voice. I, I also didn't want to make sure I, I can get pretty nasally sounding sometimes. Uh, and I just wanted to make sure I didn't lean into that too much and just stay in the realm of Donnie. I, when I was in the booth recording, I, I was really like moving my arm and like being more physical than I usually am. But that sometimes helps with heightening the sound that's coming out of your body in a weird way. Or if a line has to sound happier, like smile, smile your way through it as you're saying it, because it'll come out that way. It, it, it sounds like such a dumb, weird concept, but it's very, when you put a microphone like right close to your face and like headphones on that pick up every single little sound, breath, click of your tongue, you know, how much moisture is in your mouth. Like every single thing is picked up. It becomes, you can become very self-conscious about it. So it's, uh, it's a very different experience acting for audio than just the whole shebang. Um, but I just tried not to let it stress me and try not to think too much about it and just focus on the character and the work. So we have this like behind the scenes video of you trying to say, and I don't even know, I feel like I've heard it so many I times, but I don't know but, if I can even say the right word. Like, I don't even know the I, correct way yeah. to say it. Um, Banoffy? 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 I don't know. But, but Banoffy? I still can't say it. We had <laughs> was there, were, were there any other things that were like struggles in the, when you that, were recording that you remember? That was the biggest struggle. And I think we ended up, nobody knew the answer to how to pronounce that pie. I had never, hey, look, I love pie, but I had never heard of that pie before. I think it's a British thing. Um, but we had to like look it up and we tried to watch some YouTube videos on the spot of like how people were pronouncing it. And it was kind of all over the place. And we just, I think we recorded both versions or every different kind of version we could come up with. They decided in post which to go with, but that was the biggest one that we tripped over. I mean, you, you know, you screw up a line here and there and you, you just kind of stop and just maybe say, oh, I'm going to take that sentence again. And you take a breath and you go back and you do it again. But that one really threw me for a loop. I just couldn't get it right. It was ridiculous. I'm really glad we got that one on video, though. <laughs> yeah, great. The one time I was recording a clip for social media, yeah. that was the oh. The one time, but you know what? It really made the blooper, it like made the blooper real. Like great. so great. Good. Um, someone said so that they're really happy to have Donnie on season two, which we all are. Um, where do you see Donnie and Allison's story going and what would you like to happen? Well, I mean, there's still a few episodes left, so I can't give out any spoilies. Um, I will tease that um, poop is going to hit the fan a little bit for Donnie. Uh, in coming episodes, I censored myself and said poop. Um, and, you know, their relationship is going to be tested, uh, as the writers always love to do with us. They love to test, test, test. So that definitely happens. Um, and that's all I want to say about that, because I don't want to give anything away. Really, you know, there's some fun stuff ahead. 
Um, one thing that I think is really cool that I noticed because I'm like on on our social media every day is like how passionate Clone Club is still. Like it seems like, you know, a lot of shows end or, you know, carry on in different ways. And it's not as passionate as it was. But like I said, there's always people talking about like I'm rewatching again or I just started watching. So um, like, what do you think makes like Orphan Black specifically so like not I guess it's kind of timeless like what that it's just like seems to just be getting like keep going yeah that's that is a good question I mean a lot of shows as soon as they're done kind of fall away and just you know become a distant memory and then someone mentions it one day and you're like oh yeah I love that show Mm -hmm. but yeah Orphan is definitely one of those shows that just you still see it on Twitter all the time I still get messages all the time on Twitter or on Instagram and it's really heartening to see that it still exists in some way and i think things like the podcast help keep it going and keep people excited about the characters and about the story and um i don't know what it is about the show i mean when we were filming the first season and we were just calling it our weird little show because we didn't really know what we had in our hands we're just like this is our weird little show we hope people like it and we knew something special was happening. We could feel it on set. We felt like this, this has potential to be really good, but you never know. Like so many good shows happen and like don't even pick up an audience kind of fizzle and disappear. So we didn't know if that was going to happen to us or not, but we just kept, you know, focusing on, on this family of clones. And I mean, essentially that's what the show is about. It's about family. It's about community. It's about coming together and, and, uh, through hardship and I think a lot of our fans relate to that and I think they connect to that and I think um you know that really helps build this community of fans who like you know before there was this crazy pandemic going on they would meet up in different cities and like cosplay in parks and like you know meet up and 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 form friendships through the show and through fandom online and uh it really took the themes of the show and ran with it in real life. And I think that's one reason why it lasts. Yeah, I agree. And one person also mentioned that there's like so many characters that like everyone has someone to relate to, which I think is a good point too. Um, In the climate ravaged world of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven. Pura is a geoengineered paradise that protects its fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. In a time when the world outside is unsafe, it's vital for Pura's existence that people rally behind the purpose of the city, and Demetria Lopez, head of the city's public relations, tirelessly promotes its idyllic image. But when she stumbles on a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she's willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Ray Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Another, oh, so somebody asked, this is fun. So we actually did just start releasing some more from Black Merch, so everybody can check out our merch store. And there's fun stuff in there, but somebody said, like, what would be good Donnie merch? Like, what would you want to have for, like, Donnie's fan club has merch? Louis. <laughs> definitely uh, um, other than that maybe uh, Donnie's orange prison jumpsuit from the show would be kind of cool uh, I mean here's the thing I felt like for Donnie's wardrobe they raided my stepdad's closet and just like <laughs> put the clothes on me it's not the most memorable uh, uh, no insult to my stepdad but uh, it's not <laughs> memorable clothing that, that I've worn so there's no like piece that stands out besides like the underwear or like the orange jumpsuit um that <laughs> maybe like a uh, I remember fan handed me an orange t-shirt that had like a get donnie out of jail <laughs> picture on the front and i love that t-shirt t and uh i would love to see something like that donnie or something like that <laughs> no repertoire from black just free donnie and people would be like what is this from yeah. If you know, you know. Right. That's the best merch, in my opinion. Totally. Totally. Um, so someone else asked what, I mean, this is a big question. There's probably a lot of things. But what on set did you learn um, from some of the other actors that you still carry with you? Um, well, from Kevin Hanchard, I learned, uh, who played Art, uh, I learned that uh, always wear deodorant, otherwise you'll smell like Kevin Hanchard after a long day of work. So that was important. Uh, he's a very smelly individual. Uh, he'll tell you, he'll be the first to tell you that he's got crazy body odor. Um, no, I love Kevin. He's probably not watching, but uh, someone, someone tell him what I said, please. Um, uh, I mean, we all learned so much from each other. We got along so well. We loved working with each other. And... Um, some things that I really appreciated in terms of an actor and watching another actor's process, um, Jordan with his accent was so good and so tight. And he had, he did this thing that I'd never seen before where when he showed up at work, he would immediately be in the dialect and he would stay with the English accent all day until he clocked out until he was done filming the day when he clocked out, he would then drop the dialect and speak in his normal voice. Uh, and I've said this before in interviews, but, uh, I didn't know he wasn't British for like most of the first season because anytime I saw him, cause I didn't have too many scenes with him. Anytime I saw him, it was on set, like passing in scene, like he was on his way to a scene and I was just finishing or whatever. And he would have an English accent on. So I was like, Oh, this English guy is so talented. He's, you know, he's so good at what he does. And then like late, late, late in the first season, like an embarrassingly long amount of time that I had known him, uh, I was passing him outside by the trailers and he was done for the day. And I think I was going in to shoot a scene. And I was like, oh, see you, Jordan. Have a good day. And he was like, you too. Have a good one. And I was like, whoa, whoa what? 
<laughs> what? And it just blew my mind. But I really appreciated his process of working with that dialect because when you jump in and out of using a dialect, it can be it can get jumbled up with your own. You can lose certain sounds and shifts that are important to make it authentic. And I really appreciated his dedication to those dialects on on, on how he would maintain it. And I mean, I have British friends who watched the show and just assumed he was British. I mean, the accent is flawless. So good. So I really liked that about him. Um, Tat always impressed me when she was switching between the clones because she had a different physicality for each one. She had a different spirit animal for each one that she would explore. Like she really, when she was, when we'd have to like change her over into another clone on set. So if you're filming with a couple clones that day, it took like a good hour or more to a take off the wig or undo the hair of the one clone, take the makeup off to neutral, build up the new makeup for the next clone and wig or hair for the next clone. And that takes a long amount of time. And then also like, as she was, you know, changing into the next clone, like in her trailer, she would have a sort of warm up to physically and vocally get into the next uh, clone. And, and I won't speak to her process more than that. I mean, I think that's, that's more for her to say, but I really appreciated how much depth went into each character and how specific she was with that so that she could play each clone differently. Um, it was always it was always so impressive to see and would always throw me when I would act with her as a different clone because there's my buddy Tat, but who is this person that I haven't worked with yet and what are they doing in Tat's body? It was it was really, really kind of freaky. Um Kevin has a really good way of um he can he can carry gravitas so well and yet still be able to be fun and have improv elements with that while maintaining, like I improv with comedy and I'm, I'm a goofy, you know, idiot sometimes. And, and we have fun and Donnie and Allison are quite a fun couple. Tat and I both have an improv background and we really love to banter and have fun and, and add buttons onto scenes and come up with things in the scenes. And I think Kevin is able to do that in a really serious way that works very well. Like if you watch the stuff that he's done with, um, Helena, like when she's like eating in his apartment and all this stuff, like he can find comedy, but still maintain that, that gravitas. He's not, he's not pushing the comedy. And I always appreciate appreciated that about him. And I mean, I, I can say something about every cast member, I think, because we really just loved each other so much and we hung out with each other, you know, offset. And whenever we're in the same city together, we see each other still and keep in touch on text and everything. Uh, it's just such a lovely family. It was such a gift to get to work with these people. Um, I do feel like even, you know, we all know that Tatiana does a ton of different clones in the show, but in audio too, it's like kind of shock. Like it always shocks me that I can tell who they, who they are knowing that it's just in her voice. Like every single time, it's just like a shocking revelation for me so yeah um, i can only imagine yeah it's it's really off-putting it's it, the weirdest is if so the way we shoot tv is you know you're shooting a jumble of scenes out of order so let's say she's playing um helena in the morning and then allison in the afternoon i'll come in in the afternoon to film with allison but when she's done filming with helena like i'm standing by ready to go to the set, you know, on our, uh, in our house. 
and we'll like rehearse a scene and get like the camera movements and the blocking done with the director and camera crew so that they know where to set up the cameras, part of me, where to do, where to do the right lighting. And, um, and then they'll go and change Tatiana into the next clone while they're setting up all the lights. So that it's kind of as little time as possible is wasted. So on the way from like finishing the scene that you would play as Helena and to where we would start rehearsing the scene as Allison and Donnie, she would be dressed as Helena, but would be dropping all other Helena mannerisms and being Allison, which would like really mess you up because you're just like, whoa, what is happening? This is so strange. What? I don't get it. Um, that always threw me off before she'd done a full change and you're like, you're with some Allison Helena hybrid, which is a scary thought. <laughs> that is really scary. Don't want to become hybrid. <laughs> Maybe that's in another, the next yeah. iteration, the hybrids. Three ideas. <laughs> um, just reminding anybody who's, who's come in in the middle um, of the chat about, we're talking about Orphan Black in general, but also Orphan Black, the next chapter. Um, Christian's in season two, along with um, Evelyn and Jordan, and Tatiana voices all the clones again. Um, so it's available anywhere you get podcasts. So you can you can just Google it; you'll find it. Um, so, oh, a, a good question that I thought was interesting is somebody asked what clone you would want to have more scenes with. Ooh, I mean Helena. I loved. Uh, we had so much fun. I loved. Obviously, I love working with Allison, but after a while you, you want to shake it up and like see who else is out there. And Helena was just always so much fun because Tatiana, um, uh, improving as Helena was just a wild card. You just had no idea what was going to come out. And it was so much fun in a scary way to just try and keep up with that one. Yeah. Helena hands down. Um, Kevin is in the chat by the way. Oh boy. Oh no! <laughs> I, so he's, I, he's listening. <laughs> he says you probably learned how to be a better actor from him. Wow. Well, you should have heard what I said about your body odor earlier. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Exactly. Um, oh, someone someone asked. This is interesting. I never thought about this, but have you ever watched any of Orphan Black in another language where they somebody was dubbed over you? <laughs> I always have wanted to. Um, so. I wanted to see the German version of me because uh, the gentleman who voices my voice, he lives in Cologne and he's a radio DJ and uh, we've traded a few messages here and there. And he actually, he sent me the German orphan black, but I couldn't play it because it was on a Europe. It was for European Blu-ray players. So I've, I still got to figure out a way to like, watch it and hear what he's done with my voice. But I've always wanted to hear, especially the, uh, the German one. Um, and also there was a Japanese version of the show. They, they made a Japanese version of the show, refilmed it and everything in Japanese. Um, and I remember finding some clips and showing my castmates and, uh, the guy playing Donnie was hilarious, like really over the top hilarious. Um, I would love to watch that series with English subtitles. Um, so if there's any way to do that, 
Someone let me know. Hit me up. Slide into my DMs and let me know how to watch. That's that I that sounds amazing. <laughs> like yeah. I am interested. I remember seeing a clip somewhere on online, uh, Googling it, and I think it was just like a trailer for it. And we all sat around like my phone watching and be like, I think that's I think that's Donnie and I think that's Felix. And I think that like just trying to figure out why through the way they dress the characters and who they were standing next to. And then, of course, all the clones. Like, it was fascinating. I really want to watch that. Um, somebody asked, I'm just going through the chat, and it's, it's sure. insane. A lot of it's Kevin. <laughs> Good job, Kevin. They're like, Kevin's being hilarious in the chat, which is true. Pulling um, me, Kevin. Get back to your <laughs> dog cop show. Kevin's working called Hudson and Rex, which I did an episode of. Uh, which shoots in Newfoundland, and uh, Kevin and I had an amazing... I was there for 10 days filming. This would have been the summer before the pandemic hit, and uh, Kevin and I had a great time reunited in Newfoundland. That was a fun, fun trip and a great show to work on. So if you get a chance, watch Kevin in Hudson and Rex. Um, See, Kevin, you got some... You did get some time. (laughs) You got some time here. Yeah. Um, Someone did ask if the next chapter is part of the whole Orphan Black canon, and yes, it's it's a direct continuation of the show. Um, I believe it starts about seven years later after the show, and the first season, Tatiana voices everyone, and including Donnie, and, um, and also narrates the whole thing, so it's a lot. Um, but in season two, um, Christian and uh, Evelyn and Jordan all come back and reprise their roles as well, so... Go look for it wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, someone asked about more Donnie and Delphine scenes, which would oh, be cool. That would be cool. Um, yeah, I met up with Evelyn recently because I'm in Montreal right now filming a new show for Netflix. And Evelyn lives in Montreal. And we had brunch the other day and had a good catch up. Uh, it was just so good to see her because I hadn't seen her since we did some press stuff for the last season. So it had been quite a few years. Uh, but that would be a lot of fun. I mean, I, I can't think of to like whether it's well Delphine would be much more kind obviously so she's much more gracious she would be she would be a fun pairing with Donnie as opposed to like she's a very opposite character to Donnie so it'd be interesting to see how she like carries herself around Donnie as opposed to someone who's an opposite like Rachel who's just like straight up terrifying to Donnie yeah that would be (laughs) also terrifying to everyone (laughs) Bye, Kevin. Love you, bro. <laughs> Comments there. Oh, love that guy. As much as I make fun of him. <laughs> um, I was going to ask about, um, like, what other projects you have coming up that people can see you in. So you mentioned one. Yes. So there's this new show for Netflix. It's a new spy thriller uh, starring Noah Centineo. And uh, we're filming in Montreal right now. I actually don't think we've released the name of the show. Uh, I know the name that we're going with, but it might not be the actual name that they end up with. So I might as well not say it and get into trouble. But right now, the Untitled Noah Centineo Project. Um, It's an awesome spy thriller. It's the producers of Suits and Covert Affairs. And it's kind of about lawyers at the CIA. Um, So it's a really fun high two shows. But it's... Uh, the the writing is so. Lexi Holly, who is the uh, uh, showrunner of the Rookie, is the head writer on this and the creator of it, and it is a fascinating 
sort of spy thriller, dark comedy. Uh, Snowpiercer season three is coming out, I think next week, question mark, or in the next two weeks. Um, and that Gray Manson, who's one of the creators of Orphan Black, uh, he's the showrunner of Snowpiercer with Aubrey Nealon, who is one of our head writers on Orphan Black and one of our producers. So uh, I was in British Columbia last year during the pandemic and they were filming the third season and they knew I was in town. So they did two episodes for fun uh, with a very uh, goofy character um, on that train that never stops. So yeah, so check it out. I pop up every once in a while for a quick scene, a little bit of comedy, a little bit of hilarity here and there in season three of Snowpiercer. Uh, what else? I did two seasons of a show with uh, Jerry O'Connell and uh, Sidney Poitier Hartsong, who is the daughter of Sidney Poitier, rest in peace, to that amazing man. Uh, that was called Carter, um, and I think you can watch that on IMDb TV in the States. Um, yeah, and I just pop up in things here and there, all over the place. Ready or Not, really fun uh, uh, horror, action, thriller, comedy movie. That came out just before the pandemic. And actually, the director's new film, uh, there's a few directors on that. Their new film is Scream, which is coming out, which I'm not in, but I cannot wait to see because they're masters of suspense and horror and thrillers. So that's going to be a great movie. I'm not in that, but hey, go see it. Shout out to Scream. Yes, you were great in Ready or Not, someone said. And I think Ready or Not was such a great movie. So I agree. <laughs> so much fun. That was another... another project where you just everybody loved working with each other and it was a big ensemble comedy and when we were done filming it we we're like do we have to stop can we just please keep working so much fun someone wants you to play a serial killer and i'm like is that good or bad yes please i would love to play a serial killer. it's uh, it's that would be hilarious but also terrifying <laughs> for sure but but so much fun um i i auditioned for you know I auditioned for one recently, didn't get it. Uh, he was a famous serial killer. It would have been really fun, but uh, who knows? Maybe down the line somewhere, I'll get to play something really dark and edgy like that. Um, so you tease a little bit earlier about like kind of the rest of season two. Do you have anything else you want like people to look forward to or just like a favorite thing you have coming up that people should be on the lookout for? <laughs> In season two? Yeah. Um, I mean, I just always love when when Donnie gets into trouble, whether it's with Allison or in general, and uh, that starts to creep up very soon um, regarding this fan club. And uh, yeah, I just love it. And and a lot of Donnie's stuff is lighter and it's not as dark and heavy as a lot of the other storylines that are happening in the show. So, And that's always been the case with the TV show as well. So I always... I think it's a nice break for the audience to get something to laugh about. And yeah, I just hope they enjoy, you know, watching Donnie stew in it a little bit. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat today about the next chapter and just Orphan Black in general and serial killers and everything else. <laughs> and Kevin's body odor. Issue. And Kevin. Yeah. A lot of, <laughs> yeah. and everything about Kevin. So yeah. um, <laughs> Uh, just so everyone knows, like, I'm going to say it again for everyone who's been here the whole time, you'll hear it again, but we're talking about Orphan Black, the next chapter. It's a podcast audio continuation of the, the TV show. It picks up 
um, about seven years after it ends in season one, and we're actually in the middle of season two right now. So if you're just finding out about it, um, you have a lot to listen to. So congratulations. Um, thanks for tuning in. Um, thanks so much, Christian, for taking the time and have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you to the fans out there uh, for letting the show live on because without you, we wouldn't be making more content. So you guys demand it and we keep coming up with it. So keep enjoying it and spread the word and enjoy it. And thank you to Realm Media. Uh, oh yeah, I, I kept seeing someone ask a question if I was nervous doing the underwear dancing scene. Nope, not at all. That was just pure fun. Tat and I just kind of improv that whole thing and they let us just do it as they rotated the cameras around us in slow motion. We had so much fun doing that one. That was a blast. Um, when you have a scene partner as good as Tatiana, you don't have to worry. You're in good hands. So, yeah. Thank you guys so much. Um, it's a blast and hopefully we get to do more. But if not, you guys are the best. Keep on keeping on and uh, let Clone Club live on forever. Keep enjoying the show. It's Marco again, back with that extra bonus I promised you. While you're waiting for the next episode of Orphan Black, the next chapter, we thought you might like to binge another Realm show called Memory Lane. Written by the author of the Pretty Little Liars series, Memory Lane is a mother-daughter psychological thriller about the dangers of memory. And guess what? Season 2 just premiered. Check out this trailer for Season 1 and binge it all now. Listen to Memory Lane wherever you get your podcasts. For years, I've been trying to get my mom to talk about her past. This study might reveal things I've always wanted to know. About her, about my dad, about me. The hope is that you and your mother have similar enough brains for the memories to transfer smoothly. As Cassie might have mentioned, she selected a series of memories from when she was pregnant with you that she wants to pass on. I want answers about my mother's past, yes but I can't help worrying that I won't like what I find. After all, it's not like I don't have ghosts of my own. A memory, please. Maybe this is what she's been running from all this time. The terrible thing that happened to her. Someone tried to kill her. One way or another, I'm getting answers. Even if I have to break my brain to do it. Realm Presents Memory Lane, starring Emily Wuzeller, Leanne Marie Dobbs, and Elliot Schiff. If you like what you hear, please follow and share this podcast with your friends. Realm is your portal to another world. Listen away. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.